Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on headstock envy. There are so many stunning features on a guitar. I love the curves, the slanted armrest of a Jazzmaster, the belly carve of a Strat, the cutaway of a PRS, the raised mid-top of a Les Paul, the dual carved tops of a semi-hollow. I love the woods, mahogany, maple, walnut, carina, ebony, rosewood, spruce, ash. I love the hardware, gold, chrome, aluminum, steel, Bigsby, Tunomatic, Soap Bar, Synchronized, Floyd, Roller. I love it all. But there are some things that I don't love on a guitar that will cause me not to buy it. In fact, I might choose to not even play it if it has a certain feature or design. And one of the biggest turnoff factors is a headstock. So, what is the best headstock? Would you not buy a guitar because of its headstock? Is there a functional purpose? Why is there a string tree? Which headstock is the worst? And if you could design your own, what would it look like? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Barber on the Tweed Couch. I love having my friend Barber from Pennsylvania to come help me out on the couch. Thanks, Barber, for showing up for me again on the Tweed Couch. Oh, anytime, anytime. Well, we're going to talk about something that some people probably don't know they're partial to. But they're partial to, and that is the headstock. Yeah. So what's interesting about this subject is I didn't think I was a headstock snob. I really didn't. But then I saw headstocks I didn't like. And when I started seeing headstocks I didn't like, I realized I didn't also have those guitars. And I knew that a headstock can be a turn on or a turn off. Yes. So my question to you, my first statement for us to talk about is how important is the headstocks look to you? It is more important than I think I will ever give myself credit for, unfortunately. And I think it's not just the headstock. I think it's the headstock and how it interacts with the guitar. Oh. The best example, and then we'll get back to talking just about headstocks, but... I love the deluxe Telecaster that has the like the vintage Strat headstock on it. Um, oh, okay. And, the, yeah. and the two humbuckers. I think that that I would choose that probably over a traditional Telecaster. Oh, like I think a Telecaster in itself sometimes can look. They're very simple, and I think that headstock just changes everything. So I think yes, for me, a headstock is important. It makes me want guitars. It makes me want to stay away from others. What about you? Well, you know, the thing is, is that I have specific needs Mm -hmm. in the look of a headstock. Like for me, number one, a guitar must have a headstock. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I didn't. I I didn't know if we even want to go there, but I think it is important to note. Yes, it 100%. I'm not saying that the Steinberg is a terrible guitar. I'm not saying that the Strandberg is a terrible guitar. Actually, I'm sure they play like butter. What I'm saying is, I like a headstock. I like to hang a guitar up. Yep, me too. So that's number one for me. Mm. The second thing is tuner placement. 
Mm. I want either all the tuners on one side or I want them even on both sides. Yeah, so you're not a, not a Music Man fan. Not a Music Man fan. I don't yeah. like the four and two. Even when they do the five-string bass, they do four and one on the bottom, and it's like, yeah. stop it. Yeah. You're, now you're messing with my mojo. Stop it. So well, we can we can have another podcast about why I just think four string bases are enough, but we can we can get into that <laughs> <in> another day. <laughs> it's true. You are a bass player at heart. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. That's it. Okay. You know what? You and I, we're gonna do one and we're gonna call it bass basics. I love and that. That's yep. good. And we're That's gonna talk good. about bass and what what any person needs needs for a bass. Mm-hmm. I okay, like I like that. so here's the next thing, and it goes with the last one, is I like symmetry in a headstock. Now, I'm not saying that a Fender Stratocaster isn't good or a Telecaster isn't good, but there's symmetry in that there's six in a line for the tuners, mm-hmm. you know, um, for the ones that are a little bit different, like, for example, a Paul Reed Smith headstock. Yeah. Well, it's symmetrical down at the bottom and it's symmetrical going up, but one end goes a little bit longer. That that doesn't bother me. Okay, okay. But I like some symmetry. I don't like things offset. I, I like the tuners to all be in a line or matching the movement of the headstock. Mm-hmm. I don't want them all over the place, you know? Yeah. I think we're very much so on the same wavelength as it comes to headstock yeah. so far. So I like a Gibson, I like a PRS, I like a, a Gretsch, a Martin, a Taylor, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The last thing that is important to me about a headstock, and this is going to be really silly, but it's the logo. Hmm, okay. The look of the logo. Uh, you know, if I saw some sort of a logo on a headstock and it was like in jade green, but the guitar is red. No, no. That headstock's now ugly to me and I don't like it. Yeah. You know, so with that said, now we've talked about the looks. Yeah. Functionality is another thing. And mm. I found that functionality is is pretty important. I want a straight string pull if I can help it. Yeah. Of course, Gibson doesn't do a straight string pull. Mm-mm. And that's can be problematic. Although mine seem to stay in tune, but I also work the nut slots and I, you know, make sure that everything stays lubricated and everything's good. But you probably don't have to do that as much with your straight. No, I do it anyway, but I don't need to. I just, but I do it anyway. Yeah, I'm that way. I have a couple of angled and I do take more time in it. And then the other ones I don't. So I I think it's maybe Mm -hmm. I'm just lazy when it comes to that. But I just because I don't need it, it sounds great. So, yeah, that's yeah. definitely the the angled thing. That's something that thinking about headstocks is for the longest time. I mean, I was a Stratocaster and a Telecaster mm-hmm. guy. I didn't. I I mean, my acoustic guitars had the angled, but we're talking electric because that's you know that's really what we love. I didn't have an angled yeah. headstock for. I, I was probably twenty twenty three the first time I got one. I had a, a Les yeah. Paul uh, Studio. And the first one I ever got, I had a horrible time tuning, and I thought about returning it because of yeah. the angle. And I think there was other things wrong with it, too. But, yeah, sure. angle is definitely important. 
Well, and, and I'm with you that the angle is important. Now, with that said, Fender doesn't do angled. No. And so they use that string tree. If you're not going to have an angle, then yes, a string tree is really important. Mm-hmm. But I prefer an angle on a headstock. Okay. So it's a functional thing because it it keeps the the strings on a downward pressure in the mm-hmm. nut slot. So yeah. that 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 I love. And that's reason why that's a functional thing that I love. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't like having to use a string tree because I think they're ugly. So now I'm going back to the first part of this where I go something that I like in a headstock by looks does not have a string tree. So I'm similar but a little bit different in the mentality. I'm okay with one string tree, but occasionally you get the two on like the deluxe strats. They'll have actually oh, yeah. two separate ones. I don't I think that looks bad. That looks too metally. Yeah. I'm okay with one. I don't mind. Like I said, I grew up with a strat, so probably that's why. Uh yeah. but again, without it, it wouldn't really work. Your guitar would you'd have major issues with without yeah. it. So on a side note, I actually saw this on a forum once that somebody to fix the Gibson doesn't pull straight through at the D and the G. Yeah. What they did was they took a string tree from a strat and they screwed it in where the top screw of the truss rod cover is. Mm. And they actually had the string pull straight through and then had it break from the string tree. Huh. Now, in theory, that works if your problem is at the nut. If the problem's not at the nut, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, you know what? That's actually a really nice like hack, like a guitar hack. Yeah. For someone who's going... Is it the nut that's the problem or is it just the brake angle or whatever? Mm, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I'll never do it, but well, yeah, me neither. Yeah. It's, it, it's actually pretty inventive. Yeah. You know? I mean, but more times than not in my experience, the nut is the issue, but yeah, then fix the nut. Don't, you know, it seems right. like a unnecessary step, but I could see how maybe you don't want to like, I had to replace a nut on one because yeah, uh, the, there was just something I don't I mean, I don't even know what it was, but I just remember talking to a friend and they said, why don't you just replace the nut? I got a new nut and the problem was gone. So, right. Uh, well, well, and the thing is, is that they can be milled wrong at mm-hmm. the factory, you yeah. know, especially a cheaper guitar. But, you know, I have a buddy of mine who at church, he runs our uh, streaming sound, you mm-hmm. know, because nowadays everybody's got a stream because of yep. the pandemic. And he does the sound for streaming and he has a 2011 Gibson Les Paul R6. Hmm. So P90s, gold top, the whole thing. And he loves it, but the nut was cut wrong. It's like, this is a custom shop guitar. This is a $5,000 guitar. And you're telling me that you cut the nut wrong? So, yeah, he was really mad, but, you know, he was like, but at the same time, he was actually on the tour at the time with, uh, I think it was Cody Johnson, which is a, a country artist, mm-hmm. and they had a Gibson endorsement, and he was running monitors, you know, so it was mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. whatever. 
but he's a guitar player. And so he asked if he could get a guitar and they hooked him up and he did not pay five. He paid closer to two, uh, which I tell you what, I'll take a custom shop for two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, even with a poorly cut nut. Well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you, you talked about it more with the aesthetic looks, but I think for functional need on a neck, the tuning machine placement is really important to me. Yeah. I have a Firebird. I've talked about it a couple of times before. Yeah. yeah and I love it. One of my favorite instruments that I play. But having said that, I hate having to reach under to tune uh. every string. It looks great. Functionally kind of annoying. So... I would definitely yeah. say tuner placement or tuner location, and then also how spread out the tuners are. You know, between yeah. one, that's also because I think my Stratocaster even they're a little too close together. I think I accidentally knock one every once in a while with my mm-hmm. sausage fingers. So the placement of the tuning machines is really important to me for just comfort and ease and quick tune in between songs and situations like that. I am glad you said that because that is actually on my list for functional attributes. Mm. I like three on a side. Yeah. And honestly, one of the best people who do it, PRS. Yeah. It's a straight string pull. It is three on a side and they do a great job with their spacing. Now, with that said, you know, my Strat, I don't seem to have much of a problem. My Telecaster, I don't seem to have much of a problem. But I have a Gibson Explorer, and it is six on the top. And I knock those things all the time. So it's possible that this is a Gibson issue. Gibson did not space them well enough in their headstock. Yeah. Interesting. I I work at a music store, and oftentimes I'm tuning instruments and being left-handed. Oftentimes I'm reaching upside down and... I find that annoying as well. Yeah, it probably is a Gibson thing, but I've experienced it location-wise just in like ease of reach and playing and on almost any guitar. So I think yeah. also the shape of the tuning machines too. I mean, that's more of an aesthetic thing. I had uh, yeah, I had a Martin that I talk about. I've talked about it every time. I definitely have not gotten over it. It's definitely... Yeah. Um, no, but, no, 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 no. Yeah, you definitely need therapy. We're, we, yes, we're doing yes, this. I, but <laughs> those tuning machines were really interesting so aesthetically they were beautiful but they were a little bit smaller and rounded and they weren't they were like hollow they like it was a design piece and i loved them because they were really easy to tune really they felt nice so aesthetically they looked nice but also just how they felt when i was actually turning them felt really good too so that was definitely always it was like a pleasure to tune my instrument which is random but it's what it was well but is also important Mm because i i'm with you on that in the sense that i like the imperial tuners that you find Mm. on the gretch white falcon Mm. they they're nice they go all the way up to the end and they kind of stair step um actually d'angelico guitars they do the same type of a tuner they're very stately and i i really Mm. like those I like the tulip tuners on a Les Paul. I don't like yeah. the Grovers as much. I was just going to say, I don't, yeah. I have Grovers on a Les Paul. I have Grovers on my 355. I have Grovers on my, well, I have the mini Grovers on my Explorer. But mm. the tulip, man, they feel right when mm. I'm turning I, them. I actually like the Grover minis quite a bit more than the full-size Grovers. I had a like a Fender acoustic, uh, just their entry level guitar. And my, one of 
one of the tuners snapped off, so I bought a new set of tuners, and I ended up getting a good deal on Grover Minis, and I, I really like them. But I agree, the full-size Grovers kind of feel bulky, and yeah, I don't I don't love them. Even on the like look side of things, it's a big mm. old bean. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just not real pretty. So that goes back to that whole like looks thing. Mm. But now we're talking about hardware, not yes. just the headstock. Yes. But That's I will fair. say that there's only one more thing that functionally needs to be there at the headstock for me. Mm-hmm. And that is the truss rod. You read my mind. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I've got guitars where you have to adjust the truss rod at the neck and mm-hmm. it drives me nuts to have to take the neck off mm-hmm. to adjust a truss rod because yep. you take it off, you turn it a quarter because you don't mm-hmm. want to overdo it. Yep. Then you set the whole thing back up. You play it and go, nope, take the whole thing apart again. Then you adjust it. And I know you don't have to take the whole thing apart, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you still got to loosen all the strings and you got to, yeah, yeah. it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Whereas on all my PRSs, all my Gibsons, all my Gretches, all I've got to do is just take two screws out, then, or one screw out, and mm-hmm. then stick on this little. Allen wrench or this little uh, um, hex wrench and then turn it a quarter play turn it a quarter retune it yeah Yeah, I mean come on come Mm -hmm. on it's got to be at the top I bought a neck for the La Cabernita guitar that I had built Mm -hmm. that when I saw it it was a used I mean somebody had made it and it looked like it had the truss rod on the top and I was like oh this is awesome perfect it was literally just a painted on like oval uh, to make it look like the truss rod was there. It was at the bottom. So that's annoying, but uh, I agree. The truss rod access is very important to me. Uh, easy access. Cause got to have that action on point. So I think it's fair that since we know what we like in looks and what we like in functionality, we have to have certain headstocks that we gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So tell me, do you have a headstock that you love and why do you love it? My number one probably would be like a 70s Strat, vintage Strat headstock. I just think the way that looks, it's iconic. It invokes Hendrix for me and many, but that's what I think of. So I love the, just the big fat headstock of that and the, and the curves. Um, I don't love pointy, uh, pointy things on headstocks i like softer curves and stuff so that's oh, sure my number one uh, although i did complain about the tuner location on the gibson thunderbird that's one of my favorite looking headstocks yeah uh, i agree to the, to the extent like uh, dave grohl has that like es335 with the gibson, that's right the trini the fun- lopez style yeah, yeah exactly i would love to get one of those guitars and i think oh yeah part part of the reason i like it so much is because of the headstock i think that just looks really nice and then my kind of odd one is actually a star caster yes and i think i like it because it has the painted color um yes of the guitar and i just think that looks really really sleek and just really cool i definitely that's i've always wanted one of those yeah and it kind of is largely because of the headstock actually if i'm honest yeah those are probably my top three i mean i do love a good gibson les paul headstock i think that's just yeah. iconic classic looking the other three that i mentioned are definitely kind of my what i gravitate to the most 
Yeah, and you know, you nailed it on the head because for me, that that Gibson open book or that mustache top. Yeah. Oh man, even though functionally people have issues with those. I mm-hmm. love the symmetry and I love the curves and I love all that about that type of a headstock. And you know what? With that said, you mentioned the Firebird and the Firebird. What year did you say yours was? 18. So your headstock is just flat, right? Yeah, it's flat. So one of the things that I love about the Firebird is actually the beveled edge. Mm. I like the beveled edge version of that headstock. I don't like the flat version. And I think that that's one of the coolest things. And honestly, it's one of the coolest things ever for any headstock. Because Fano, I don't know if you've ever heard of Fano before. I think so. It's kind of like a Fender-styled headstock, but they bevel in where they put their logo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you've got this normal-looking headstock, and then there's only one part, a part without any tuners or any of that Mm. kind of stuff, beveled down, and then they have the Fano logo. Mm. And it's really cool because most of the time they're two-toned. But then at the same time, they also have like a three-on-the-side headstock tuners and those tuners even when they do that they'll bevel and then the tuners will actually sit in the beveled area yeah i've seen i've seen that yeah they look nice it looks really cool so i really dig that and i love the way that headstock looks and and everything the gretch white falcon is cool Mm -hmm. it's a little too much of a like a a paddle you know like a boat paddle Mm, yeah and I don't like boat paddles, but at the same time, the White Falcon has that big old Gretsch logo on it, you know, that mm. goes down it with that V shape. Yeah. And then also they have the other version, which has this plaque that says the White Falcon. And that's mm-hmm. actually the version I have. And it, mm-hmm. it's this gold plaque and it says the White Falcon. And it looks so cool. I absolutely love it. So it seems like a, a lot of what you love is like the extra bits. Like that, yeah. that's really what draw you in. Like you didn't love the string tree, but you do like, I, I, I think I'm picking up yeah. your, what you're like. Yeah, you're picking up my vibe because with that, things I also love is I don't love silk screen. You know, like here's a silk mm. screen gold Gibson. Yeah. Man, I want mother of pearl. I want abalone. I mm-hmm. want, you know, honestly, the, the big Gibson logo on the original flying v's those were cool too you know like yeah. where it looked like it was a part of a car you know it was like a you know this is a chevelle this is a mm-hmm. nova this yep. is a gibson you know i think those are cool and i like those i like the prs headstock but my favorite mm. prs headstock is santana okay it's symmetrical yeah and i like that the most and you bring up the flying V. I love the flying V and I love the headstock, but I would only like that on a flying V. Anything like yeah. I would never put that on any other on any other guitar. Like for me, when I picked my favorites, it was ones that I could like I could put a, the vintage Strat on a Stratocaster, but I could also put it on a Telecaster, but I could also put yep. it on a Jazzmaster, which I could also put it on a Jaguar. Yep. Yep. So I think there are a lot of headstocks that I like, but I think I like it because of the guitar that it's on not that right. it's stuck in itself i agree i agree 100 percent. 
I saved my favorite for last. And my favorite headstock, and this is by a luthier that hasn't been around a long time doing this version, but he did do another. I already mentioned Fano. Mm-hmm. Well, he started another company called Novo. Okay. And the Novo headstock is one of my favorites because what it does is it has attributes of that 70s Fender vibe. It has attributes of the Firebird, which I love the Firebird. And so it's a little bit bigger than it should be, but you're okay with that. It's got some some motion and some movements like a Firebird, which I like that. And then the logo takes up the entire front of it where that big old N takes up the whole thing and then it's small OVO. Dang, that's a sexy looking headstock. And I like how the topic kind of curves up again, just a mm-hmm. little like, bit. Like that, a firebird. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That to, oh, that brings it together. I really like that. I'm looking at a picture now. That's, that's sweet. I really like it that. It would be like this. It would be like taking someone writing in just print and then saying, hey, can you write it in cursive? Mm. It just completely turns it into, oh, well, now that's nice. Yes. Yeah, a love letter written in print is like cutting out letters from a magazine and pasting on like a piece of paper. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like a ransom note. But when you write it in (laughs) cursive, oh, she is yours. I mean, I'm just saying. (laughs) An honorable mention, and I think it's probably because I don't have one, is uh, the Rickenbacker headstock. I like it's kind of simple, but I don't know. I just there's something nice about how they do that long, like white part to it where the Rickenbacker like big letters I like that I mean you have to because the Rickenbacker is such a long name but I thought about that and I went you know I really like the Rickenbacker it's simple it's easy it is a little bit of a boat paddle but you know what mm-hmm. it fits yeah it fits the guitar but the problem I have is the big old truss rod cover or the big old part that gets put on there that says Rickenbacker on it and all that it looks cheap to me And I don't like that. And so I thought about that as one of them. And I went, no, I can't put that on there. But Mm. at the same time, I can't put it on a list of headstocks I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, what headstocks do you dislike so much that you likely would never buy it because you hate it so much? Is there a headstock out there that you go, man, that's bad. I probably wouldn't even pick it up if I didn't know what it played like. So there are two that's exactly that. I mean, there's a bunch, but the two that come to mind right away are Jackson okay. and Ibanez. Yeah. They're just so thin and tiny. Like, I just, I don't like yeah. the narrow. And I mean, obviously the Parker, uh, which we oh, talked about in our last. You had to bring that up, didn't yeah, you? I, I yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't not because you should be reprimanded for what you did. I'm ashamed. Um, eh, if you if you did, <laughs> it was a rebound. I told you it was a rebound. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Just, you know. I so, get it. I get what you're saying. And and we describe this as the vacuum cleaner handle. But yeah. my brother Paul actually sent me a text after he heard this podcast, and he said, "You mean it's kind of like the Snorks? Did you ever see the cartoon of the Snorks?" Yeah, 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 I think so. It, and they have like yeah. these big old like they they're almost Teletubby like and they got this yes. like thing sticking out like yes. <laughs> out of their head and they were a band type of thing but yeah. he was like he sent me a picture and I went, "Oh dang, 
you're right. That's the snorks. That's it. <laughs> Anyone who's listening right now, please go do a Google search. Look for the Parker guitar just so you can uh, shame our podcast host. Not shame. Don't want to shame. Oh, this is a safe space. But uh, yeah, just, safe space. Safe space. Yeah. But that. But that to me is like. That's just so ridiculous. I like. I don't even think it counts as a real guitar. So I, I don't. I, I only they bring are it up. Great guitars. They are yeah, great guitars. I know. I know. I know. They're I know. really good. But you're right. It's just so ugly. I... So then the one that I don't like, but I don't know if it would prevent me from buying the guitar. Some of the Gretsch, like elect- electromatic yes. guitar, like they're just a little too thin headstocks. They kind of curve yep. in they kind of look like a baby headstock and i'm not a i'm not a big fan i i own one and i i don't play it a lot i i it needs some work that's the real reason but there's something about that headstock that just keeps me like the the headstocks on like the semi hollows or even on the white falcon even though that's big and paddle e yeah i like those a lot better but it's something it's just it's just a little too thin i, I do like a thicker headstock but the, something about that gretch narrow headstock that just i don't like see and i like the smaller ones like on a duo jet or whatever Mm -hmm. which is kind of what you're talking about yeah yeah but at the same time a lot of those also have like a binding that goes around it or something that also aids in the aesthetics yeah and so i see what you're saying because the electromatics i do not like as much and Mm. i don't like the electromatic boat paddle on the semi hollows i don't like those as much but yet i don't mind it on the country gentleman i don't mind it on the white falcon i don't mind it on some of the other ones that are a little bit higher end you know Mm. so i i'm with you on that probably my number one okay my number one headstock that i dislike right now is probably going to surprise some people but there is a praise and worship headstock out there this guitar that's like baited into the praise and worship mainstream and it's called Veritas. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah. 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 And they have this big old stinking like silver dollar coin looking thing sitting in it. And then it also has like this weird like routing to the headstock. Like it looks like a, a map of Massachusetts or something. I don't, I don't know (laughs) what, what it is, but I look at that thing and I go, it almost looks like a kindergartner was trying to draw a headstock. Mm-hmm. And then when they got done, somebody went, gosh, that's really ugly. Well, what if we put like some metal on it, like a coin? Yeah, the coin. Now, if the coin wasn't there. Uh... <sighs> it looks like a GNL then. Yeah, that's fair. Which is now, ugly too. There's a guitar that a company called Reverend. Have you ever used any of their yes stuff? i've owned a reverend yes okay so we have them in, in the store i work at and i stare at them all day because they're some of the nicer guitars that we have in the store and at first sure. that headstock i did not really love but it, i think again i'm a very traditional headstock person but that one has really grown on me but that kind of does give a similar vibe to the veritas guitars as well yeah i'm not a fan of the headstocks that looks like you could saw wood with yeah, that's fair. And that that's what Reverend does, but they redeem it in that big old round end that is much mm. like a Stratocaster. Yep. So I've never owned one of these guitars, and I don't know if I would, but Sir Guitars. There's a lot of circles that I run in 
or sit in because we're not going anywhere because it's a pandemic. But you know what I mean. Right. Uh, a lot of online and that they're like very highly sought after, coveted, and I. Yeah. It's more so because of the sound and, and everything. I get that. But there's something about that headstock that just, I'm not loving it. Yeah. Like I said, it's not my least favorite, but it's definitely down there in my dislike. I agree with you in the sense that I look at it and I go, it's almost like a Fender mated with an Ernie Ball, which also mated with an ibanez guitar but also mm. a pv and yeah. it's just it, it looks a little weird to me actually it's almost the shape of those old floyd rose guitars yeah actually you are you are right it definitely looks like somebody explained to a 10 year old yeah. what a headstock was you i don't even know i don't know the answer to this but are like the shape of headstocks like trademarked or copyrighted like, can you not? They they are copyrighted because yeah. um, Martin, they had their shape and mm-hmm. Takamini decided to do that shape. And then they got yeah, they... lawsuit and they had to change it. Gibson has their shape with the bookend. Mm-hmm. And then all these different lawsuits came out. Fender had their shape you know, yeah. with the Stratocaster. And then there was all those lawsuits that came out with that and they had to change things. And so, yeah, I mean, they are copyrighted to some extent. Because of market confusion. I mean, that's the whole yeah. reason for the lawsuit was, well, is there a market confusion? Would somebody look at that headstock that says a different name on it and go, so that's a fender, right? Mm. And then therefore, yeah, no, you can't do that. Yeah, that makes sense. So that brings up another interesting point, which would be body shape. I mean, when you look at a Strat, an S-style guitar, or mm. a Telecaster, a T-style guitar... Yeah. There's a lot of manufacturers that do that body mm. shape. So the question is, how are they able to get away with that trademark infringement? And the fact is, is a lot of the issues comes with they didn't file the lawsuit fast enough. Yeah. You know, a current one that's out is Gibson versus Dean because their V style or their Explorer style, Dean has been making that guitar for like 40 years. And now Gibson is saying, well, hey, this creates a market confusion and they've sued. And honestly, I think they're going to lose. They're going to lose that battle because after a while, after 40 years, what you end up having is you have a court saying, you know what, at this point, that's just the body shape now. That is a guitar body shape. You can't trademark, copyright, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I've often want, would love uh, like a flying V. And I've always yeah. thought, okay, what about some other flying V-like things? And and I don't like it. And part of it, it's the headstock is is weird. Actually, Reverend makes a, a V style. Yep, yeah, they do. And, uh, well, and so did uh, Chapman. You know, he mm. made a V style. And yeah. I agree with you. I look at those those guitars and I just go, yeah, it's not right. Mm-hmm. Because they have their headstock on it. Yeah. Yeah. So other ones that I dislike, and this one is going to be interesting if you've ever heard of it. There's a brand called James Tyler. You need to look that one up if you have not seen it because it is one of the ugliest headstocks I've ever seen. It almost looks like someone pointing with two fingers. So Ibanez has that kind of an idea where it's like, it looks like two fingers and it's just two fingers in the headstock, but then you add like the knuckles to it. 
that's a Tyler guitar. And then yeah. to put his name on it, it says James Tyler. And it's like James Tyler, James Tyler, James Tyler. Like a delay pedal. James Tyler, yeah. James Tyler. And oh I my don't, gosh. I don't like that. I t- that's one of those things that you're like, oh, put a bag over the headstock. Yeah. That's yeah. ugly. Ugh. My other big one that I don't like, and you may like this and you may not like this because I know you're kind of a Fender guy. You like a lot of Fender ones, although you didn't like the Telecaster one, which I do like. Mm-hmm. But this one is the Fender Electric 12. When you look at it, it looks like the top of Papa Smurf's hat. It's like when you shake up a soda and then you open it up and you watch the bubbles come up and just Mm. foam over like a volcano. That's what it looks like. It's pretty ugly. Yeah, I'm indifferent of that one. And again, I don't, it's not one that I see a lot. So, but yeah, yeah, not, not the best looking. Headstock. No, it's not the best looking. And they actually did a parallel universe where they used another one. They used that headstock on something else. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's still ugly. I don't care <laughs> what you say. You can put makeup on that one and it's still ugly. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I hear you. So with that said, I'm glad you mentioned something about the reverse headstock, like the tuners underneath. Yeah. Because that's actually my biggest pet peeve i have with like chapman guitars or Mm. like the hendrix model or something like that tuners underneath they don't belong underneath they belong on top Mm -hmm. unless it's trying to be symmetrical on either side and it's not a music man which is not symmetrical and that's it's just wrong that's all Mm -hmm. there is to it yeah now i will throw in one last thing that I just want a blanket statement on, and that is if you look at a headstock and you go, kind of looks like a cartoon. No, the answer is no. <laughs> the Kramers that look like a big old hockey stick, even Eddie yeah. Van Halen's shark. No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. The, the, the Parker guitar. Yeah. No, stop I it. Just, the- I would like gimmicky headstocks, which it's gimmicky. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe that's the reason why I don't like the Tyler. Maybe that's the reason mm-hmm. why I don't like the, the Veritas. Maybe that's the reason why I don't like the modern, you know, mm. the original modern had that weird, like stubby looking. Yeah. Basically take a Rickenbacker headstock and then knock off like four inches. And that mm-hmm. was the original modern. Yeah. It's the reason why I don't like the original Explorer. Because the original Explorer wasn't that hockey stick. It was that offset V. Yeah, yeah. And that was weird, too. Like, that was, no. Yeah, no, I don't. And and for me, pointy ones. Like, ones that are, like, yeah. pointy, jagged. Like, I don't want to be able to, I, w- I don't want the ability to maim somebody with my guitar headstock. But that's also a, that's a style of guitar that I'm not into because I don't. Right stereotypical stereotypical style then i don't play that type of music so it's not right. geared towards it but like well jackson exactly jackson is one of my least favorite looking yeah. headstocks because if of, you were in prison you would like to have a jackson because the shanking exactly. would be yeah. fine but not not in this case no so i guess you're right yeah the only time i would want a jackson is if i was in prison there you go i feel bad because there are people that probably love that guitar and i'm just besmirching it but it's just yeah that's true yeah. There's just something about 
I don't know. Just and again, I like the softer curves of a guitar. Yeah, and the guitar headstock. So I think I'm drawn to the classics. As you mentioned, that's what I appreciate about this podcast because the point is we are not trying to point someone out for their flaws. Mm-hmm. You and I are having a conversation, and we either mm-hmm. agree or disagree. But the goal of this podcast has always been. Imagine that you're sitting at a coffee shop and there's two friends having a conversation at a table and you're sitting over by yourself because you need to get some work done. Maybe you're studying for school. Maybe you just you're getting a break on for the morning. Maybe you're working on work yourself and you overhear someone having a conversation. And you go, dang, I want to be a part of that, but I don't want to be rude. Mm. This is the perfect example of that you may be like sitting on the other table going i love jackson guitar it is about oh i want to be able to maim someone with my guitar you know what Mm. flying v's have a pointy end you know whatever and i get that that is the goal that if you're sitting there slamming the dashboard or sitting somewhere going they're wrong excellent you have met the criteria in which i started this for (laughs) If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Let's hear from another sponsor. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, if you love family-friendly, if you love camping, then you should look into LifeFest. LifeFest is one of the largest Christian music festivals in America and draws attendees from across the United States to worship together, deepen their faith, and strengthen relationships with family and friends. This three-day event features dozens of artists, engaging seminars, and much more. This year, in 2021, we have two festivals. Come join a party with a purpose in Oshkosh, Wisconsin on July 8th through 11th or on the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bon Agua, Tennessee on July 29th through 31st. I'll see you there. We basically have talked about what we like, what we dislike. Now the question is, if you could design your own headstock for your own custom guitar, what would that headstock look like? So the first thing that comes to mind is I definitely love the color accent of the Starcaster or the mm. what was the other what was the other guitar you were talking about that had the Fano, color? the Fano, yeah. So definitely that I would love that to be incorporated somehow yeah. for functionality purposes. I think I would like a evenly split three and three tuning machines. Yeah, there would have to be symmetry down on the bottom and I would be okay with it kind of coming off a little bit on the top. The one headstock we didn't mention, it's kind of simple, but the the airline, the map guitar, I talked about it last oh, yeah. time. They have a they have a nice kind of bigger retro-y headstock. Yeah. Um and so something similar to that, that retro vibe. Um but I, there's something about that different color, you know, bevel that Really, I just think that just makes the whole the whole outfit pop, if you will. Oh, yeah. It's great that you mentioned that term, you know, pop. Something that makes it pop. Mm-hmm. And what I found is if I had to pick the perfect headstock, you know, something that I want on my signature guitar, 
I really like the idea of that Novo headstock having that firebird look, you know, where it pops up a little bit at the top, but yet it drops down like a fender and it's cursive writing. It's it's just Mm. really nice. And so I would probably do something like a Novo for its headstock shape, but then I would make sure it had some sort of a veneer front. So the front of it was flame maple or Mm. it was some sort of a a pattern it could even be like possibly even like a carbon you know like Mm. look to it or something like that and then of course it would have to have the bevel the bevel like a fano or like a firebird or something Mm. like that like to me that bevel really adds one extra bit of elegancy. So you got the back bevel that's maybe the mahogany, but then you've got the veneer on top that's like this flame maple, but it's big and full and swoopy like a Novo. But then one last thing is I want the logo, whatever the logo is, Dr. T, Tweed Couch, whatever it is, I want it to pop. So. It's going to have to have like abalone or mother of pearl or gold or chrome like the mm. uh, the Fender Deluxe Stratocaster has that chrome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, some sort of a logo that just pops. And then now it's complete. Yeah. I tell you what, in my research of doing all this. I found myself wanting a Novo guitar and it I've never played one. I have no idea if they're any good and some of them are pretty spendy, but mm-hmm. man, that headstock that's one sexy looking headstock. Yeah, yeah. I do like the the logo popping thing is yeah, I definitely has to be good, well placed, big but not too big. Yeah. Cuz I think that's what I like about the Deluxe Stratocaster headstock the Stratocaster is very large. Yeah. If any bigger, it would be too big large. Yep. Uh, and I I think there's something nice about that. So, yeah, the logo yeah. I definitely needs to be well-placed and a good color. Yeah. Well, I guess that brings us to kind of final thoughts. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess what we really end up agreeing on is the headstock needs to be somewhat of a non-cartoony. Mm-hmm. Well designed, functionally, mm-hmm. yep. Guitar headstock that has also some attributes that makes you look at it and go, "I just want to play you because you're pretty." Yep, and that like the shape, the what's on the headstock is just as important, if not more, than the shape of the headstock too. Which is yeah, I, I I didn't think about that as much going into like kind of preparing for this, but it's definitely like where the tuners are placed or where, you know, where are they geographically or where's the truss rod? Yeah, exactly. Yep. That stuff is, is important. How is the truss rod covered? Oh, exactly. Yeah. We both like, like the softer, softer curves, not the sharp curves for, for us at least. Right. Um, I think we're definitely on the same wavelength of that. And that's kind of a little bit more traditional old school sort of vintage stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. 
Until next time. 